This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Okay, Bruchem welcome everyone. Shalom Aleichem. We have a very important topic tonight. We're continuing the series of Shirim on Sefer Bereshis. The Shirim on Sefer Bereshis are graciously sponsored by Dr. Zakaim. Omeshpachta Leonishmas of Shem Eliezer Rav Yaakov Zakaim. And Leila Nishmas, Dr. Zakam's mother, Rivka Bas Tuvia Halevi. Beganeden to him and Uchasam, they should be Melitza Yisham for their whole families. Simcha Sanachas, Adbi Eskoyal Tzedek. Tonight's year is dedicated as a Fushlema for Yecheved Leah Bas Golda Rivka. She should have a Fushlema Besach Sharchal Yisrael. By Rab Kenny Pinsauer, Yumali Hashem Komashal Libay Latoiva. Tonight's share is dedicated by Alexandra Levenstein as a Shalema for Yaakov Naftali Ben Freida. She be a Shalema for Sarah Bas Simcha from it. Okay, <clears throat> today we're, we have a very important topic. Actually, this is the third time we gave such a share. Um, we have what we call the Luchais Vishainais, the Ten Commandments of Raising Successful Children. We gave that many, many years ago. And then we had Luchai Shniyais, another set of Ten Commandments. And now we're up to the uh, third set of commandments. Actually, um, when I went to Eretz Yisrael, the Sefer on Shemais was printed, so I was able to bring back one Sefer, one copy. I believe uh, the rest of the Svarim are coming tomorrow. So those will be uh, available, Be'ezus Hashem. And uh, hopefully the next Sefer we're working on is on Chinuch Habonim. So this is... Uh, um, this subject is in, uh, to facilitate, Be'ezus Hashem, upcoming works. Okay, so we're going to learn tonight ten important ingredients. Perhaps you call them um, components. Perhaps they are segulais to allow us, to enable us to raise uh, good children, successful children, Yerei Shamayim, if it's not children, then grandchildren. And Be'ezus Hashem, Hashem should give siyata deshmaya to all of our efforts. And we shall be zoicha to banum of banum ha'izkim mitzvahis. Okay, so here is ingredient number one. Uh, Rav Aaron David Goldberg, Rashiva of Kells, has a kuntress on chinach habanim, where he brings the following story about the briskarov. The briskarov said about himself that he dedicated ten years of his life to the chinuch of his children. What does that mean? He dedicated 10 years of his life. Meaning, uh, he gave up from his own learning, he gave up from his own Avodah Hashem, from his own Aliyah and Ruchniyas, from his own Iyun HaToyra, who, like the Briskra, was able to plumb it, plumb the uh, depth of uh, the sugyus of Shas. And nevertheless, the Briskra said about himself that he gave up 10 years of his, of his learning, let me just turn this off, 10 years of his learning for Chinuch Habanim. Now, it's impossible for us to fathom and to imagine what the Briskarov could have accomplished with an additional 10 years dedicated to in-depth study of the Talmud, but nevertheless he felt and he gave up of himself to be able to impart to his children. And this is something that Kal Yisrael benefits from uh, now at Soif Kaladoris. As we know, the children of the Briskarov, the grandchildren of the Briskarov are the uh, 
were some of the major Rosh Hashivas in Klai Yisrael. They had many of the current Rosh Hashivas today, are Tamidim of the Tamidei Tamidim of the Briskarov. But the Briskarov gave up 10 years of his own personal learning to be able to be fully dedicated to the Chinuch of his children. In other words, what we're learning is it is worthwhile, it is Kedai, it is imperative, it is obligated for one to give up of their own personal study to be able to impart to their children. And that's uh, one of the most important ingredients in raising uh, good children. Uh, we have over here on the Sefer Mizmar Lasoida, which is uh, biographical information about um, the Reb Chaim Knievsky, that the stipler learned um, with Reb Chaim Knievsky. The stipler, of course, was Reb Chaim's father. When the stip- when the Reb Chaim was a young man of 12 years old, the stipler used to learn with him Friday nights. Uh, they used to learn Perek Kosha of Psachim. And when the stipler was through learning with Reb Chaim, Reb Chaim was at 12 years old, could speak and learning about Masech Psachim with any of the G'dayle Yisrael. That was the impact that uh, the stipler had on, on his son. Here he brings down that before Reb Chaim is Bar Mitzvah, the stipler was makbid to learn with Reb Chaim all the Mesechtais Kashes, all the difficult Mesechtais. So he learned with him Erevin, Zvachim, Menachais, Chulin, but not the whole Shas. Well, what about the rest of the Shas? He told Reb Chaim, the rest of the Shas you have to learn on your own. I'm, only, I'm, no, I'm teaching you the hard stuff. By the time Reb Chaim was 16 years old, so Reb Chaim had completed Shas with Toysvis. In fact, Reb Chaim would say, any Masechta he learned earlier, he remembers better. Any Masechta he learned later, he remembers worse. He feels that he knows Psach um, Baba Basra, the least of all the Masechtas, because he learned it when he was already older, when he was already 16 years old. And Reb Chaim brought a riot from the Gemara and Shabbos, that the concept of Gersa de Yankus, we know there's an idea that that which you learn when you're young, you'll never forget. Right? So a kid remembers you know, the batting averages and the statistics of their favorite players when they're 10 years old, and what the player did last year, nobody could remember. So Allah has come and come, the same thing with learning. Rabbi Chaim brought a riot from the Gemara and Shabbos that they told, <coughs> the Rabbanon told Abaye Halacha from Rabbi Yirmi, and Abaye didn't accept it. And then they told, um, that, uh, then they told Abaye that Rabbi Yochanan said it and he accepted it. So Abaye said, <coughs> if you would have told me an authoritative source five minutes ago, it would have been much better, because then it would have been Gersa de Yankusa, something I learned when I was younger and I would have remembered it. So from here we see if you learn something five minutes earlier, you have a better shot of remembering than if you learn it five minutes later. That's why you should come to the share live, as opposed to hearing it on Torah anytime. Because by the time it goes on to the recording, it's already... You're not going to remember it as well. Okay. So that is ingredient number one. Ingredient number one is the very deep and lasting impact learning with a child has. That when a parent learns with a child, it's something that doesn't fade, something that stays with them. And we see that uh, some of the greats and in, in, uh, great leaders of the Jewish people their fathers took off time to learn with them, and you see that the, the great impact that it had. Okay, here's number two. <coughs> so you have a kid who's four years old, five years old, six years old. They're not learning Erevin yet. They're not learning Chulin with Taisus yet. So he brings over here, in the Sefer Minchas Toida, 
that the Reb Chaim Knievsky, before even he was able to learn Mishnayis and Gemara, his father taught him Balpeh, the names of the Masechtas of the Mishnah, with a special nigan. And that's what Reb Chaim taught his children. In fact, he brings over here that uh, the children of Reb Chaim, all Reb Chaim's daughters, till this day, remember by heart all the, the names of the Masechtas of Shas. They say, how do you know the Masechtas of Shas? It's not like they learned Shas. He said, I remember when I was young, the stipler would sing all the Masechtas of Shas, all the names of the Chavdal Tzvarm of Tanakh. So over here he, he brings that um, in Reb Chaim's house, they, Reb Chaim once told one of his daughters to look at the bookshelf to see if the Sfarim were in order. Reb Chaim said one of the Sfarim were not in order. Could you, could you figure out you know, which Masech does out of order? And sure enough, his daughter came right in and he, she rearranged the Sfarim and put the Masech does on. Reb Chaim couldn't believe it. How is it possible that you remember, that you know the names of the Masech? He said, how could I forget? You, know, you sang it to us when we were young and it's something that we'll, we'll never forget. So what is the purpose of learning the names of the Masechtas? I don't think you get credit or schar for Talmud Torah if you just say, You know, there's no mitzvah of Talmud Torah to recite the names of the Masechtas. What's the tachas of that? So Rav Chaim would say that even before a kid knows how to learn, you want to engender a desire to learn. <coughs> and when the kid memorizes the names of the Masechtas, that they have an ambition, you know, one day I'm going to want to, I'm going to learn this, one day I'm going to master this, one, one day I'm going to dedicate myself to this. So there's an idea that even before a child or a young man begins to learn, the, the parents, the father, the mother, will, will, should try to engender a cheshek for their learning. So you say, what's the nigan? So I'm not a hundred percent sure, because we once spoke about Reb Chaim Knievsky, and I asked around if anyone has a good uh, niggin, and one of my kids told me that their Rebbe had a niggin, so I contacted my son's Rebbe, and this is what he came up with. You ready? You ready? You like that? You know it? Okay. Anyway, so there's a niggin for all the uh, all the mishnayos. In fact. The stipler had a niggin that he would sing on every yomtif uh, that he learned when he was a young man when he was learning in Navardic. And it, it was based on Echad Miyodea, right? You know, Lel say they sing Echad Miyodea, who knows one, one, one Hashem, Shnei Luches Habris, Shloisha Avois, Arba Imois, Chamisha Chamshei Torah. So in Navardic, they had a more scholarly Echad Miyodea. It went by using the numbers. Uh, counting the numbers by different things in Shas that correspond to that number. So the, it goes, Echad mi oidea, Echad ani oidea, Echad choifer bar siachu ma'ara. That's the Gemara Baba Kama Dafnon. Echad, somebody who digs a pit, a vault, a cave. Shnayim, Shnayim mi oidea, 
Shnayim Moichsim Betalas. Gimel Miyodea, Shloisha Shachlu Keachad. Six Perakim Brachas. Dalad Miyodea, Arba Aves Nazikin, beginning of Baba Kama. Chamisha Miyodea, Chamisha Tamin, the Chamisha Muadin, Baba Kama Daf Tezvav. Shisha, Shisha Arayos, Chamurois Meelo, Yvamis Daf Yud Gimel. Seven, Shivas Yomim Kaidim Yamakipurim, Afrishin Kayan Gadom Mibesai. Eight, Shmoina Shratzim Hoamurim Betaira. Tisha Miyadea, Tisha Chanuyois, Moichrois Basar Shkuta. Asoro Yuchsin Olumi Bavel. Echor Asor Yoim Bein Nida Lenida. Shnei Masar Dodin Hoyle Kiar. The Kiar had twelve spigots, the Gemar Numelam Zayin. Shloisha Sukhanim Zachuba in the lottery. So this was the song that Reb Chaim brought over from the Vardik. Excuse me, that the stipler brought over from the Vardik. And then Reb Chaim said, that's not enough. And, you know, how do we remember the other numbers? So Reb Chaim added to 19. Arba Asar, or Arba Asar, Boitkin Es HaChametz. Chamesh Esrei Noshem, Poitroi Sereseyam. Shisha Asar Shechali Es and so on and so forth. And recently they found that Reb Chaim created a list of adding to this pismine until number 100. Okay? So imagine if a kid grows up, you know, and, and the songs that he hears are, you know, basically summoning all different halachas of shas. So even if the kid doesn't know how to learn yet, but it sort of engenders a cheshek for the kid to learn. And this is another ingredient. In other words, uh, aside from actually learning with a child, even before that, or perhaps even more important than that, is for a parent to come up with some kind of way to engender within a kid a desire to want to know Tyra. That's also an important uh, ingredient in raising good children. In fact, very interestingly, the Shla Kadosh along these lines says that he has a tradition. Actually, what's today? I just landed this morning from Eretz Yisrael. Today's Wednesday, yeah? On Sunday night, I was in Tavaria and I was at the kever of the Shla HaKadosh. You know that the Shla HaKadosh came to Eretz Yisrael. He was a Rav uh, in Prague. And he, at age 60, in the year, in the year uh, 1720, in the year 1620, the Shla HaKadosh came to Eretz Yisrael. And he came to Yushalayim um, this week, Parshas Vayetze. And uh, he entered the gates of Yishalayim when we read, Ein Zekiyim Beisalekim Vezeh Shar HaShamayim. And therefore he named his Sefer Shar HaShamayim. The Shlach HaKadosh writes, he has a tradition that someone who is an Am HaArez Gamor, and he, it distresses him that how little he knows, and he doesn't understand too much, he should read the names of the books of the Torah, Tar Shavachsav, Tar Shabalpeh, he should say, Bereshis, Shemois, Tairas Kayanim, Chumash Apikudim, Mishnah Torah. And then he should say, Bereshis, Noyach, Lech Lecha, Vayerach, and so on. And then the names of the Nevi'im Rishonim, Yeshua Shoftim Shmuel, Malachim Mishayim Riecheska. Then the, the Ksuvim, then Zerah Moi Noshim Zingim Kajim Taharois, then the names of all the Masachtois, and then the names of all the Midrashim, Rabba, Tanchumas, Ephras, Ephraim, Mechod, Tairas Kayanim. Then the names of Sifrei Kabbalah, Zayar, Tikkun Ezer, Boyer, Perkei Markava, Plia, Kaneh. And by reading these names, 
even more than the fact that it engenders within your children a desire to learn. It will engender within you a desire to learn. When you say, you know what, out of everything I just said, I, actually I don't know any of it. Maybe I need to apply myself to it. And if a person desires to learn something and circumstances uh, limit them and they're not able to learn something due to uh, circumstances, so we know there's a concept, if a person thinks to do a mitzvah, and circumstances don't allow them, it's considered as if they did it. So not only are saying the names of the Svarim and the Parshias and the Masechta is a good idea for children, it's a good idea for us as well. It will engender not only in our children, it will engender within us a desire to learn everything. Okay, here we go. Ingredient number three. You know, if somebody wanted to know how to raise good children, probably a good idea would be to go to some of the great people of all time and see what their parents did. You know, let's go to Moshe Rabbeinu's father, you know, and mother. What did they do to produce a Moshe Rabbeinu? After all, they must have done a, good, done a pretty good job. I mean, think about who they raised. Moshe, Aaron, Miriam. I mean, that's the uh, all-star lineup over there. That's pretty good. Not bad. Moshe, Aaron, and The parents must have known what they're doing. So what was the secret? We know that Moshe Rabbeinu was the greatest person who ever lived. And he was the most humble person who ever lived. And just like he excelled in humility, he likewise excelled in every imaginal uh, good quality, Rabbeinu Yoni writes. So what was the secret of Moshe Rabbeinu? You ready for this? Says the Svarno. The Svarno says that of all the sons of Yaakov Avinu, Levi lived the longest, I believe 137 years. And because he lived the longest, he raised his children, Kahas, and his grandson Amram. And therefore, someone like Amram, who saw his grandfather, was able to produce a Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam. In other words, you know why Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam were the greatest in their generation? Because everybody else learned with their father, and they also learned with their grandfather, and their father learned with his grandfather, so they just had more access to earlier generations. They weren't smarter. They didn't have any better quality than anybody else. They were just the fortunate beneficiaries of learning from earlier generations. So ingredient number three is, if you have kids, have them learn with their grandparents. And if you're a grandfather, learn with your grandchildren. That's the most powerful ingredient in creating great generations. It ain't the parents, it's the grandparents. That's what the Svarnos says. He said, no, 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 no. That was, if you have a grandfather like Levi and Kahas, but not if you have a grandfather like me, you know. I mean, that was very nice. Okay, I understand. Moshe was great because he learned from a Kahas and an Amram and a Levi. Okay, these were some of the all-time greatest personalities. But who says this is a phenomenon that occurs in all generations? So the Svarno continues in Parshas Mishpatim on the Pasuk, Es Mispar Yamecha Amale. I will complete the count of your days, which is a blessing. It's a blessing of long life. Says the Svarno, what's the blessing of long life? 
the blessing of long life is you'll be able to see grandchildren and you'll be able to teach them and you'll be able to set them straight just like Levi, Kahas, and Amram. So the Svarno is saying that what happened to Moshe Rabbeinu was not a one-time phenomenon. It's a phenomenon available in all generations. So if you have kids, bring them to the grandparent. <coughs> not just for free babysitting. That's because if you bring them to the grandparent, they'll probably pay for supper and a few other things. <laughs> bring them to the grandparent because that will be the best investment for your child. In fact, the Gemara says in Kedushan Daflamid, Amr Rabbi Shua ben Levi, Kal HaMalamid as ben benoi Torah, Mala Olav HaKosav Kilu Kibla Mehar Sinai. Anyone who teaches his grandson Torah, it's like the grandson received the Torah in Har Sinai. It doesn't say that if you learn with your father, it's like the kid got it in Har Sinai. It says if you learn with your grandfather, it's like he got it in Har Sinai. Why? It says, V'hoidatem levanecha v'levnei vanecha. And juxtaposed to that is, on the day that you stood before Hashem on Har Sinai. And if there's no grandfather, bring him to an older Talmud Chacham. Someone who's your Rebbe's Rebbe. Because when you bring the Messiah back in earlier generation, the child gains a level of connection to Arsinai that's, that's more compelling, that's more powerful, that's more impactful. That's the third ingredient. Go to the grandparents. The secret of Moshe Rabbeinu is that he learned with his grandfather. Number four. The Chassam Soifer was once bemoaning the fact that he was so busy. There was no one in history busier than the Chassam Soifer. Chassam Soifer fulfilled three major roles in Klal Yisrael. He was the Rav of Pressburg. He was the Rosh Hashiva. And he was the greatest Meshiv of writing response in the generation. Usually, uh, a person, uh, a Torah person, can only do one of those three things. He was Rav, he was Rosh Hashiva, and he was Meshev. And he lamented the fact <coughs> that he was so busy, he didn't have enough time for his children. He didn't have enough time to learn with his children. He didn't have enough time to, so to speak, you know, supervise his children. And uh, he, was, he was lamenting to one of his Talmidim that he just didn't have enough time for them. So the Talmud uh, said over a pshat in a pasuk in Tehillim. The pasuk says, "Kol hayoyim choyneinu malva." All day, he graciously lends v'zaroi lebracha, and his descendants are a blessing. So, what does it mean? All day, he graciously lends. It should say he always graciously lends. What does it mean? All day, he graciously lends. And this student of the Chassam Soifer says what this means is, it's talking about someone dedicated to the community. Where he graciously gives up of his time for to be mezakeh the rabbim, to bring merit to the tzibor. But because he's always focused on the community, he's not focused on his own children. And the Torah gives us a haftacha. David Amalek gives a haftacha. That when a person is involved in being mezakeh, the rabbim, and he doesn't, because of that, he doesn't have enough time for his own children, 
he has a special havtacha, there's a special segula, v'zaroi lebracha, that the Yibam Shalom blesses the children, that they should be Yerei Shamayim. And the Chassam Sefer was so taken by this interpretation of the, of the Pasuk that um, he would say this over by Shalash Shudas. And he even added, interpreting the Pasuk of Loisia Meshakel Vakar Bartsecha, as Misbar Yamecha Amale, that Chazal Darshan from this Pasuk, Loia Becha Akar, to teach Talmidim. And if you have many Talmidim, what's going to be with your own children? So the Pasuk ends off, as Misbar Yamecha Amale, the time that you give to others, I will ensure that your children will follow the right path. So there's a concept that someone who's involved in being mezake as harabim, it's a, it's a special, brings special bracha to one's children. In fact, the Chafetz Chaim, it's quoted in the Sefer Kuntras, Eitzos, Lezakos, Bedin, Biyamim, Nairam, the Chafetz Chaim in the Kuntras, Shem Oilam, he says, um, about 15 lines down in number 10, that Anoshim Mezake Harabim Arzoicha to Banim Gedolei Taira. So what this means is as follows. Not everybody is a Rosh Hashiva. And not everybody has the capacity to, let's say, give uh, deep shiurim. But there are always opportunities to be involved in some type of communal project that facilitates performance of mitzvahs, not just to an individual, but to the, for the community at large. Whether it's a campaign that people should put tefillin on in the right place, or whether it's a campaign for a certain new learning initiative. There are always opportunities for a person to be involved, whether themselves, to help, to... With, with their resources, to be involved not just in their own personal mitzvah observance, but to be facilitate, to assist in zikoi harabim, in mezakeh the rabim, helping the community, helping the tzibor perform mitzvahs. It is very important that everybody, to their capacity, tries to be involved in some type of Zikoi Harabim. That brings tremendous bracha to one's children. It's a special segula, it's a special zuchus, that by, by being involved in being mezakes harabim, the Yibam Shem brings special bracha to one's children. Okay, here we go. Number five. How's everybody doing? Good? Number five. There's a Yalkut Shemoni. Does anybody know what happened to the children of Yisroi? Yisroi was Zoycha, that his children were members of the Sanhedrin. They sat in the Lishkas Hagazas. And Bilam wondered, if you look in the Alkut Shemani on the Pasuk, Vayares Hakeni, that when he saw the sons of Yoinadav ben Rechev, they were singing the Lishkas Hagazas. Bilam said, how could such a thing be? But they're not Kaihanim, they're not Leviim, they're not Yisraelim, they're Geirim. Says the Medrash, you know why Yisrael was Zoycha that his children sit in the Lishkas Hagazis? Because Yisrael once saw a Talmud Chacham passing by. And he said, why don't we bring him inside and give him a meal? And Yisrael gave a meal to a Talmud Chacham. By the way, what was that Talmud Chacham's name? Mashabenu. Because of that, he was Zoycha that his children are members of the Sanhedrin because of one meal that he gave to one Talmud Chacham. 
says Rabbi Yosef, Yisroi was zoicha to grandchildren, great grandchildren, Tamid Chachamim, who sat in the Lishkas Hagazus. Why? Because of one meal that he fed Moshe Rabbeinu. Chazal say, Gedoyla Legima, feeding people is great. It brings people who are far near. The sons of Yisroi would have been Gentiles. And because Yisroi fed Tamid Chachamim, he was zoicha to good children. It says Rabbi Vad Yosef, from here we learn. In general, the Midah of Chesed is a great segula for Banim Toivim, Banim Tzadikim, especially not just Chesed in general, but feeding Tamil Chachamim, supporting Tamil Chachamim, is a special segula for good children. So it's an investment. Somebody knows Tamil Chachamim, they could be Mechazik them, they could strengthen them. You want to know where to use your resources? If you have the capacity to be mechazek, tamidei chachamim, not only is it a great schos, it's an insurance policy for your descendants. Number six. The Gemara Yuma Daf Mem Zayin says, Kimchis had seven sons. They were all kaihanim gedolim. The rabbi said, Kimchas, what did you do that you were zoicha to this? She said, I'll tell you, the beams of my house never saw my uncovered hair. So they said, come on, a lot of people cover their hair and they don't have such great children. But she didn't back off. She said, that's the reason. In fact, the Zayar Kadar says that um, a woman is makbid to cover her hair even inside the house. She will be zoicha to great descendants, to leaders of the generation. She'll be zoicha that her husband will be blessed and her husband will be successful. She'll be zoicha to the bracha of Yivarechacha Hashem Mitzyoin, Shalayim, Levanecha, Shalayim al Yisrael. Says the Zayar Hakadosh in Parshas Nasai. Therefore, says Rav Yosef, a very great blessing to one's descendants is the modesty of dress of the woman, especially in the area of covering her hair. That is a very powerful and potent insurance policy for one's descendants. The Mida of Tznios, as we see in the Gemara Numa and Daf Mem Zayin. I never, I never met her personally. Daf Yuma in Sakti Yuma, Daf Mem Zayin. There you go. Now you know. Next time we go there, so we could try to find the kever. I don't know, you know. <coughs> okay. Number seven. This is what the Chassam Soifer calls a segula nifla. There was a man by the name of Rabbi Yeshua ben Hananya. I think I was just at his kever Sunday night also. I think he's buried right next to the Shla. And Rabbi Yeshua ben Hananya, Rabbi Yochem ben Zakkai, who was, I definitely was at his kever Sunday night, Rabbi Yochem ben Zakkai was his rabbi. He said about Rabbi Yeshua ben Hananya, Ashrei Fortunate is his, the one who bore him. So the Mepharshim say, it's Yushalmi, that why fortunate is the one who bore him. 
See, Shami says Rabbi Shoban Hanania's mother brought his crib into the base Hamedrish so that his ears should hear the Divrei Torah when he was a young man. In fact, the Meshachachma writes in the Gemara in, in uh, Chagiga, Meshachachma says Rabbi Shuban Hananya one time didn't make it to the base Medrash. And he asked the Talmidim, what did they say? And the Talmidim said, they said that we learn today, you know, in the midst of Hakel, the men come to learn. The women come to fear. And the, so why do the children come? The children come to bring schar to the ones who bring them. But Yeshua said, wow, such an amazing chiddush. And you weren't going to tell it to me? And you were going to make me lose this great diamond? I can't believe I almost lost this. Why was Rabbi Shua so moved by this chiddush? Because Rabbi Shua knew about himself, his own mother used to bring him to the Beis HaMedrash. And he never understood why. And now he's learning, his mother brought him to bring schar, to, get, to, to offer schar to the ones who bring the kid. But the Chassam Soifer says, it is a great segula for the child to hear the words of Torah, even before they understand what it's talking about. That's the reason for Hakel. The men come to learn, the women come to fear. The children, they are part of, they are part of the bris. But why do the little babies come? Matoyelas yeshba. So says the Chassam Soifer, Kedei, Roy Hoyal Hashmiya Baozne Kitane Kitanim Laskula Nifla'a. So you have a little baby and uh, you have high hopes for the baby. So you put on a shear for the baby. What what should the baby listen to? Should I listen to Elmo? I mean would you want to listen to Elmo? You want to jump off a bridge hearing that character. I mean it makes you go out of your mind. I mean who Cookie Monster? You know, um, the Muppets? Who's laughing? You know, put on a shear and let the baby hear some uh, Divrei Torah, some, uh, bring him into the base medrash. I don't know if every shul would appreciate that, but if you, if you, uh, there, there is an idea that the words of Torah that a little child hears, even if he doesn't understand them, it enters his soul, it enters his neshama, it enters his heart. And the Chassam Soifer writes in uh, two places, page Chavav in Chelek Aleph, page Shin Memches in Chelek Beis, that by bringing them there, L'Soif V'lamdu L'Chshayigdulu, it's a great segula that he says, haya segula ba'achres. This is a, a segula that will ultimately bring this child to be a Tamar Chacham. Number eight. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. It's even if he doesn't understand it. Um, there, there might be an additional reason as well because uh, he learns it, he forgets it. But when he learns it again, it's not like learning it for the first time. It's like restoring what he once learned. Okay, let's do the the last three. Uh, quickly, um, uh, the number eight. This comes from the Chassam Sefer and Chilak Gimel. He brings in the name of the Sefer Magid Meisharim. 
Anyone know, ever hear of the Magid Meisharim? Magid Meisharim is purported to have been written by Maran Bet Yosef. And it records everything the angel who he learned with, Bechavrusa, taught him. The Beis Yosef had a Malach that came to learn with him. And the Beis Yosef records everything the Malach taught him in the Sefer Magid Meisharim. And the Beis Yosef was taught, when a tzaddik passes away, if a person cries for the loss of that tzaddik, one will be zaycha to have children who are tamidei chachamim. The remez is, it says, Vayamas Yosef Echol Echav, Vavnei Yisrael, Paru Vayishvetsu. Because the Jewish people uh, mourned and cried for the death of Yosef, they were zaycha to progeny. In fact, uh, in the Sefer, Oitzreis um, HaSefer, he brings from Rabbi Yamin Mendelssohn, that he heard in the name of the Chassam Sefer, that crying for the Churban Beis HaMikdash is a Segula Lebanim Taivim. So, being Misabel for Tamil Chachamim, or being Misabel for the Churban Beis HaMikdash, this is all a Segula for good children. Okay. Raise your hand if you're Sephardi. No? We need, to, we need to get some more Sephardim here. Did anyone ever eat by a Sephardi Friday night? Yeah? Did anyone ever daven in a Sephardi shul Friday night? So in many Sephardic shuls, and actually in Brooklyn there's a service, in many Sephardic homes, Friday night you take something and you, you smell it, and you make a bracha. You make bare mine besamim, bare atse besamim. What do they smell? Hadassim. You ever see that? I've seen it. In fact, I'm trying to get the service to come to the five towns, you know. Well, only in Brooklyn they should do things right. Now Rizal says that Friday night, what? You saw Hasidish Rabbah do it. Where? In the five towns? Where did he get the Hadassim from? They did have some. But specifically for Shabbos. Yeah, but I'm not talking about the Tabak. I'm talking about Hadassim. Actually, it's a Beferish Gemara. Do you remember the Gemara with Rav Shembar Yechai? Rav Shembar when they came out of the cave, so first they were burning up everybody they saw. So they went back into the cave, and then they came out again, they saw a guy running with myrtles, and they said, what are the myrtles for? They said, look, Shabbos. Why two? One for Zachar, and one for Shamar. So Rav Shimon said, wow, look at Klal Yisrael, look how dedicated they are for Shabbos. And the Marsha says that just like this man took two myrtles, Keneged Shamar Vizachar, so we also light two candles on Shabbos. You ever wonder what are we lighting two candles on Shabbos for? There's a mitzvah to light a ner, so light one ner. Why two nerois? In fact, you'll be hard proud. I'll give you some homework. Okay? And, no, and, the, and you're not going to find the answer to this one. Yeah? Anybody know? Where does it come from that for every kid you light another candle? Who made that up? What's a knas? What if they don't forget? Right, so some say, well, usually when, it, when a woman gives birth, she's not able to light the first time. And if a woman misses, she has to add a candle for the rest of her life. So, so this is, here the poor woman had a baby and now we have to penalize her for the rest of her life. Where does it come from to light a candle for every kid? 
Yeah? You let me know when you have an answer to that one. But... Yeah, that was a question, yeah. You know a source? No. No. Yeah, there's no source. <laughs> Each time you have a child, you add a, you add a camp. Yeah, wh- where? Wh- who told you that? Each child brings its own. Where did you see that? I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. I mean, if if you if you if you start getting involved in this, you're not going to be invited to the to the meal. But I'm just pointing out that you know, you let me know when you find the source for that one. But even to have two candles, where does two candles come from? One is Shamar and one is Zachar. So the Marshal says, in previous rounds of commandments of raising children, we talked about the Gemara and Shabbos, says, Haragil Bener Havin Someone who lights many candles for Shabbos will have children or Tamechachamim. So too the Marshal says, using Hadassim on Shabbos is a skula for Banim Tzadikim, because Tzadikim are called Hadassim. That's why Asfardim, they say, oh, Tzadik, Tzadik, Tzadik. Because by them, everyone's Tzadikim, because they use Hadassim. But by Ashkenazim, we don't have Hadassim, we don't have as many Tzadikim. But that's what Marsha writes. Based on the Gemara, Shabbos, using Hadassim for Shabbos, is a skula for good children. Next, I don't know if this one's going to be so popular by about half of the population, but what are you going to do? The Nevi'im weren't popular either. I, I can, I'm just a reporter over here. I'm telling you the Gemara. I'm just telling you what it says. So basically, the Gemara says in Nadarim about a Babylonian who came to Israel and married an Israeli woman, and they, they didn't really speak the same language. So he told, me, told her, you know, make me cholent. He made her scrambled eggs. He said, make me macaroni. She made him mushrooms. It was getting a little sticky. And basically, one day he says, <coughs> um, you know, get me two, two eggs and break it uh, on the head of the, of the door. And, and door is spelled baba, baba. She didn't understand that Bava is Doran is gate in Babylonian. But Bava was the name of the Gadol Hadar in Israel, Bava Ben Buta. So she took the meal and she smashed it on the rabbi's, uh, the Gadol Hadar's head. And he said, Lady, what are, you, what are you doing? And she said, This is what my husband told me to do. She so said, Lady, that's really beautiful. You did the will of your husband. You should have two children like me, Baba Ben Buta the Gadahadar. So from this Gemara we see, and don't go home and tell your wife this one, that a woman who humbles herself before her husband is Zoycha to Banim Sadikim. So you say, does it work the other way? I guess the PC answer would be, yeah, of course, it works the other way around also. But I don't know, the Gemara doesn't say that. I'm sure it's, um, the husband also has to humble himself before his wife. We see that Avram Avinu, when he came to Eretz Yisrael and he was busy going to different cities and he was building the future Jewish people, he always pitched Sarah's tent first. So of course, the Rambam says that 
one has to love his wife like his own body and honor her more than himself. But nevertheless, we have a concept, Isha Keshera Oisin Ritzoin Bala. The traditional Jewish woman humbles herself to the will of her husband. And doing so, one is Tabanim Tzadikim. In fact, I'll tell you the truth, usually I prepare the share Tuesday. I landed this morning 4.30. So I, I can't say I did enough research about this. I'm going to throw it out there. And I'm going to tell you to take it with a grain of salt. Because I'm not exactly sure what the source is. But there's a sefer called Meshivas Nefesh. And he brings that Rivka was not completely machnia herself to Yitzchak. Why didn't she just have sit him down one day and have a heart-to-heart talk and say, listen up Yitzchak, this Esav over here, he's not what you think he is. Can we discuss his future? Do you understand what he's doing? But she didn't do that. She tried to trick him. And because she tried to trick him, so she didn't have the right hachna to him, so she didn't have two Yaakovs. Okay, I think we need, we need to find such a source in Chazal to be able to criticize Rivka. I don't think this is something that you could conjecture without having a basis in the words of uh, Chazal. But nevertheless, the idea is we see in the Gemara Nadarim that a woman who seeks to um, fulfill Ratzayin Bala is blessed, is given a special segula, a special blessing for Banim Tzadikim. So here they are, another ten ingredients, segulais, um, perspectives, activities that one could do to try to uh, increase the success of one's children. Again, number one, and probably this is the most important, is the time invested in imparting to a child, learning with them, spending time with them, teaching them, is probably the single most important thing that you could do for your child. Number two, to try to engender uh, a desire for learning in them. And it's not just by learning with them. The stipler would make the, would sing these songs of the names of the Masechtas to engender within Reb Chaim the, uh, a desire to learn. We have the Svarno. The Svarno says the influence of a grandparent was the greatest influence in the life of Moshe Rabbeinu. Number four, the great merit of being Mezakes Harabim, if somebody could be involved in any capacity, but uh, in bringing merit to the Tzibur. Number five, the, the Mida of Chesed, feeding those who are hungry, being Mechazek Tamidei Chachamim, like we find that the Bnei Yisrael were Zoichet to be members of the Sanhedrin because Yisrael fed Moshe Rabbeinu. Number six, the woman's Mida of Tznios even even within her house. Number seven, even from an early age, instead of the child listening to um, music. Muppets, music, a child listening to Devei Torah has an effect on their neshama. Number eight, one who is misabel, one who cries for a departed tzaddik, one who cries for Churm Beis HaMikdash, it's a skula lebanim tovim. Number nine, Hadassim. Anyone wants to bring the Hadass service to the five towns? Amen. You could, I'll give you my address. I'll take them. I like Hadassim. And number ten, Isha Kishera Oisin Ritzayin Bala, 
like Bava ben Buta said to this woman, Ad asisa ritzayin ba'alich, hamakam yoitzimimcha shnei banim kvava ben Buta. But I think that one also, aside from the fact that it's a segula, uh, Rav Pam once said over, that good children is 50% Shalom Bayis and 50% Tefillah. So I once sent to Reb Chaim Knieski, did the stipler say good children is 50% Tefillah and 50% Shalom Bayis? And he said, I never heard it. But Reb Pam said that he said it. So even Reb Pam, I think this is a very uh, logical idea that one of the important facets of uh, Raising children is that the, both parents are on the same page. So Bava and Buddha gave the woman the bracha that you have such respect for your husband, Hashem should reward you with Shnei Banim Kevava Ben Buddha. And as we mentioned many times in the past, the most important ingredient is tefillah. Tefillah for one's children is probably the single greatest obligation one has towards one child. Revolva would say <coughs> that. You know, if somebody kills Beshoigeg, they go to the, the Ari Miklat. And when does the murderer get out? When the Kohen Gadol dies. So that means everyone's going to be davening for the Kohen Gadol to die. So why is it the Kohen Gadol's for, fault that a guy killed Beshoigeg? Like, well, it's Kohen Gadol's fault that somebody killed Beshoigeg that we're saying that the guy, the murderer, could leave when the Kohen Gadol died. So Chazal said, well, the Kohen Gadol should have davened that under his watch, nobody kills B'shoigig. Now is the Kohen Gadol really responsible for every negligent murderer? That it's his achrayis to daven, that under his watch, nobody kills B'shoigig? But we see from this Gemara, that when you're a leader, you must pray for the success and welfare of all your constituents. And if a Kohen Gadol is responsible to pray that nobody in Kali Yisrael kills B'shoigig, says Ravoba, then imagine what the responsibility of a parent is to pray for their child. So that is the most important obligation. It starts when the kid is young, and it never ever ends. As the story goes, somebody once came to the stipler and said, what blessing, what Eitzah do you have to raise good children? And the stipler said, Eitzah? There are no Eitzahs. There's only Tehillim and tears. There's only Tefillah. The stipler said, What? You think I don't daven for my son? You see Chaimel, you see little Chaimel over here? Every single day I daven that Chaimel should be Yereshamayim. Chaimel at the time was already 52 years old, one of the Gedolei Hadar. So it's a responsibility that is a, a lifelong responsibility. All of our tzilah should be Neskabel, Baracham, Averatzain. And Hashem should bless Kal Yisrael. Banim of Nebanim Oiskimatarva Metsvais. Have a wonderful night, Kalta. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.